Hello, Potential Church. How are you doing this morning? Oh, you look great. Absolutely great. Turn to your neighbor, tell them they look good this morning. How about that? Let's all get engaged. If you're joining us here in the auditorium or on the other side of our missionary from around the world, thank you so much for being with us here at Potential. If this is your first time, welcome. This is not your first time. Thank you for coming back. My name is Matt Jacobs. I am one of the pastors here on staff at Potential Church, and it is such an honor and delight to be able to come and to share with you one of our ethos this weekend. But first of all, I want to say thanks to Pastors Troy and Pastor Steph for this opportunity. It's, it's humbling to be able to come and to share with you. But, you know, don't we have such great pastors here at Potential Church? Don't we? Thank you, Pastor Troy Pastor Steph, for this opportunity. As over the last few weeks, we have um, been in this series called Subscribe. We've subscribed uh, to uh, environments, which is our ethos, meaning our values. We've subscribed to diversity. We've also uh, subscribed to personal growth and honor. And this particular weekend, uh, we, I will be sharing with you our ethos of loyalty. Everyone say loyalty. Thank you. So the ethos of loyalty is something that I'm very, very passionate about. But as I was thinking and preparing on, on what to share, I was thinking like, how in the world do you teach this? Then it came to me. One morning I was laying in bed, and I believe it just came out of heaven, and the word was food. <laughs> it was food. And I was thinking, okay, the way that I'm going to talk about loyalty is to kind of connect us, what the culture does, uh, what the culture already says somewhat, around food. Now, how many of you kind of really love your grocery store? Yeah, I think... You know what, when I think about, um, you know, where I come from, I come from a small town in Clinton, North Carolina, and everything is about food. When a baby is born, there's a baby shower, and guess what we have? Food. When there's a birthday party, guess what we have? We have a party, and then there is food. When someone graduates, there is food. When someone gets married, there is food. Even when someone dies, there is food. How many know what I'm talking about? So... Have you ever been to your grocery store, because that's where all the food comes from, and they give you a loyalty perks card or a loyalty rewards card? Does anyone know what I'm talking about? You get this little card, and on this card, the more food that you buy, it shows your loyalty, but of course, that's the grocery store's way of showing you loyalty for coming and shopping there. And the more and more that I began to think about, okay, well, if this type of loyalty is dependent upon how much I shop, is that the right kind of loyalty? Because my heart this weekend is that you subscribe to loyalty, to our ethos, but it's got to be the right type of loyalty, right? And so let's start off with the definition of loyalty. So if you've got your outline, it's this right here. If you can pull that out, we're going to be going through it today. And just to, first of all, I want to say like the, the little... Uh, YouTube play button that's right there. My eight-year-old son Jackson drew that for Pastor Troy and his vlog. So if you've not checked out the vlog yet, it is youtube.com forward slash Troy Grambling. And in vlog number 99, he features this uh, particular play button. But this is, again, we want to subscribe to loyalty, but let's talk about what the definition of loyalty is. All right, the definition of loyalty says the quality of being loyal to someone or something, a strong feeling of support or allegiance. And I've listed there for you some synonyms, kind of other words for loyalty. Then also we have what we see is our loyalty 
ethos statement. Before we read that, as I read the, the definition for loyalty, I understood that it's really talking about character. It's talking about who somebody is, not what they do, it's who they are. And their actions in response do speak from that, but it's based upon character, right? So as I was trying to put all these pieces together, you know, I was thinking about, you know, the, uh, you know, the perks card or the loyalty rewards card. Does it really display the loyalty that we want you to dis- uh, subscribe to? Let's read our ethos statement when it comes to loyalty. It says, faithfulness to a commitment, a faithfulness that is steadfast in the face of any temptation to renounce, desert, or betray. A faithfulness to step into any negative situation. Oh, wow. In defense of leadership or team, a devotion that stresses zeal and passion to the leadership, the people, and the mission of potential church. That's what we want you to subscribe to this weekend. But I know for us, again, to understand this loyalty, we, I think it's a good place to start to what is loyalty not? What, what, what's the wrong loyalty that we kind of often subscribe to in society or in our culture? So I can find this really based, again, upon response, but I call it the tale of two loyalties. Because there's two loyalties out there, and we definitely want, again, for you to subscribe to the correct one. Now, again, I mentioned a little bit earlier that I am from a small town in, uh, named Clinton, North Carolina. And um, there was a grocery store that we had there. And the name of the grocery store was called Piggly Wiggly. Has anyone heard of Piggly Wiggly? Oh, several of you. You've been there. Awesome. You know, we used to have bumper stickers saying, I'm sticking with the pig. But anyway, Piggly Wiggly. It's a, it's, a, it's a small grocery store chain that was in my hometown. And just like any of you that would go shopping, it's, you know, they do have food on the shelves. We don't have to pick it out of the corners or anything. But, you know, you go shopping. You go down the aisles, and you put the food in your basket. And you know what? You may see somebody that you know. And then, of course, you may talk to them. You may say hello. You may, you know, just have your social time at the grocery store. There's really not much else to do because I told you everything was around food, right? So, nonetheless, you know, we, we, we went shopping, and we got to the point where, okay, so when, our, when our buggy was full, what's the next step that we do? We go and pay for it. Check out because nothing is free, is it? Except for Starbucks coffee at Potential Church. Yeah. So after going to the cashier, she says, okay, Mr. Jacobs, your total is going to be, you know, whatever it is. Then what, the amazing thing that happened, a bag boy would come out. And you know what? After I put the groceries in the cart, I look at my bag boy right here. This is my 18-year-old son, Ian. Let's give him a hand. The bag boy would come out. Sorry, ladies, he's taken. But the bag boy would come out. And I... Not asking me if I wanted to have my groceries taken to my car, but they did it automatically. Because based upon who Piggly Wiggly was, they decided the way we show that we are loyal to our customers is that we're going to show them, we're going to respond in a way that if they ask for it or not, we're taking their groceries to the store. And guess what? Not only did they do that, they did it with a handshake and a smile, and that's all you needed. They didn't have to be, thank you so much, Ian. That's all you needed. It didn't matter how often I went or the frequency I went to the grocery store. They were going to do that every time whether I asked for it or not. But then guess what? We moved. We moved we, uh, to North Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, just over the border. But, again, when you move, you still have to eat because, you know, we, 
We like food, right? So we started going to a different grocery store, and they may have a picture of it up on the screen. And uh, the name of the store is Bilo. Have, has anybody ever heard of Bilo before? Just a few of you, okay. More people have heard about little old Piggly Wiggly than Bilo. Okay. But anyway, Bilo um, grocery stores, just like my experience over in, at Piggly Wiggly, I would go down the aisle shop. I didn't know anybody at the time, so there wasn't much social, socializing. But I would get to the cashier, and it was time for me to pay for the groceries. I did that. A bag boy or bag not lady, bag girl would come out. I'm sorry, they're bag ladies. But they would, they would come out and they would bag the groceries. And then they'd put them in the buggy and like, like I have a nice day. And I'm like, hmm, say what? You know, so there was a much different experience on the way they expressed loyalty or, the, or their action and response to my loyalty for showing up. Instead, they said, hey, Mr. Jacobs, guess what we have for you? We have, have you ever heard of our loyalty rewards program? I said, no, what is it? And they says, you know what, the more you shop here, the more points we'll put on this card for you that as many points, with more points that you gain on your card, guess what we're going to do? We're going to give you a free tank of gas. That sounds pretty sweet, right? Who doesn't like a free tank of gas? You know what, it always seemed to come at the right time when my money got a little funny at some points of the month, you know, and I had that free tank of gas. I'm like, thank you, Lord. But it depended upon my ability to just put points on a card on how they showed loyalty. The difference is, is that regardless of how much I spent or how the frequency, Piggly Wiggly was going to show their value or their loyalty towards me based upon their character and what they did, not based upon something I did for them which prompted a response in their loyalty. So in other words, the first point that I want to make with you is that loyalty... By seeing these two examples, loyalty is not circumstantial. And if there's a loyalty that you believe that you've already subscribed to, unsubscribe. Hit that unsubscribe button because that's the wrong type of loyalty. So loyalty is not circumstantial. You know, there's a, there's a story, an incredible story about the true type of loyalty in the Bible, and it comes from the book of Ruth in the Old Testament. So if you brought your Bibles this morning, if you could pull that out and turn to the first chapter of Ruth. We're going to see an example of these two type of loyalties, but before we go to that um, first chapter of Ruth, let me catch you up on the storyline. All right, long, long, let's just say a long, long time ago, in, a, in Judah in a town called Bethlehem, you've heard that before, right? Bethlehem. Well, there was this couple named Elimelech and Naomi. And Elimelech and Naomi, they had two sons. But one day they went to the grocery store and there was not really any food on the shelf. Or there was a famine in the land, okay? So they decided to pick up their family and to move to a foreign country called Moab. Everyone say Moab. Moab. So as they moved to Moab where there was food... They began to raise their family, and when their sons were old enough to marry, they married Moabite women. So as they were all living a happy life where there was food, because where there's food, it's happy, right? <laughs> but anyway, they were living there with their family, and then something happens. Elimelech dies. The father of the family, he passes away. Of course, so, but Naomi still had her sons and her sons' wives, her daughters-in-law, and one of them was named Orpah. Not Oprah, but Orpah. And the other one was named Ruth. So they lived several years after that. But then what happened was that both of Naomi's sons died. They both died. 
And so Naomi found herself alone with her two daughter-in-laws who had been up to this point faithful to her. But then something happened. She began, Naomi began to hear that over in that distant land, which was her home over there in Judah, God began to bless and that there was no more famine. There was plenty of food. So Naomi being in a foreign country with her two daughter-in-laws, who were actually foreigners as well to her, but she had brought them into her family. What, what she decided to do, she says, I'm going to go back to Judah. Now Orpah and Ruth, what I would like to encourage you to do is to go back to your family. Go back to your parents' house. Live the rest of your life. Have a happy life, but I'm going home. Now, the daughter-in-laws, what they decided to do was like, no, 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 no. We're going to stick with you. We're, we love you. We're going to stay with you. We're not going to. They begin to cry and weep together. But then again, Naomi said this. She said, ladies, let's be practical here. Let's be practical. I'm an old woman. I can probably get remarried. But if I remarry and I get pregnant, what are the chances that I have a son? Are you going to wait, Ruth or Orpah, to, to this son grows up, then you marry my son? I have nothing to offer you. Go back to your families. Go back. And this is where we pick up in the story in Ruth chapter 1. So if you can look in your outline in your Bible, Ruth 1, 14. And again they wept, and again they wept together, and Orpah did what? Kissed her mother-in-law, what? Goodbye. But Ruth clung tightly to Naomi. There's the difference. You have one daughter-in-law that said goodbye. And then you have the other daughter-in-law that clung tightly. So you can always tell the type of loyalty you're dealing with based upon the response. Now, think of it from Orpah's standpoint. Orpah, did she... Was she loyal to Naomi or was she loyal to the need of a mother-in-law? Think of Ruth. Ruth was loyal to Naomi or the need of Naomi. I want to share that Ruth was loyal to Naomi no matter what because it wasn't circumstantial. But Orpah, she was loyal to the need of a mother-in-law. But when her needs changed, guess what? Her loyalties changed. And if you're loyal to something uh, or loyal to someone or the need of someone, whether it may be even just your spouse, the need of a spouse, I can guarantee you when your needs changed, guess what? So were your loyalty. Just like Bilo, when I went back there a year later after I had moved, I went there, you know, I'm, you know you've been loyal to me. I've been a loyal customer. I'm, I come back to town for vacation. I'm shopping here. And they're like, who are you? Who are you? So in other words, the need that... This grocery store had for me was that I did what? I shopped for them. It was all circumstantial. So when Orpah's needs changed, when Naomi gave her a way out, she says what? Goodbye. That is not the type of loyalty we want you to subscribe to this weekend. So when I look at where, what is, what is the, uh, that was the response of loyalty. Now what is the reaction of loyalty? We need to find that based upon where loyalty is birthed at. And the next point I want to share with you is that loyalty begins with a choice. You can write that in your outline. You see, Ruth long made her choice about being faithful, being loyal to Naomi. It was, again, it was not circumstantial. And as we see that her response and reaction to even saying no, 
I can't raise up a son that you'll marry. But here's, go back to your family. She clung tightly to her mother-in-law, right? Let's pick up the story in Ruth 1, 15 through 18. It says, look, Naomi said to her, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. You should do the same. But Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. Oh, that's beautiful. It says, wherever you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. When Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she said nothing more. Well, what could she say? It was like I could hear Ruth saying, come on, Naomi, we've talked about this before, you know what? When I said I do to your son, I said not only I do to him, but I said I do to his family, which includes you. That means for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness, in health, for as long as I shall live, so help me God. That's what she was saying. So she said, Naomi, please, don't ask me again. I'm loyal to you. I'm loyal to you. And guess what Naomi ended up saying? Nothing. What could she say? Because loyalty stuck close to her. So again, when we say Ruth's loyalty, it wasn't based on the circumstance whether she had a husband or not or whether you know, she was going to be moving to a foreign land. Because just think about it. Ruth, if she were to go back with Naomi to Judah, she would be going to a foreign country herself. She had never probably been to before. But then again, remember, she had already made a choice, and that was the birthplace of loyalty. But here's the next step, and the, the step in, um, in loyalty, and that loyalty is sealed with a commitment. Loyalty is sealed with a commitment. And when I think about a commitment, I think about a handshake. As I mentioned to you before, when Ian shook my hand, you know, sometimes a handshake is what you need because the mechanics of that is just not, okay, I'm just stretching out, uh, you know, haphazardly. No, there's, there's something that, that, that goes along with that handshake that expresses a loyalty. And my heart for you this weekend is that you do subscribe to loyalty, but it's like doing life with a handshake. And there's three things I believe to do life with a handshake. And the story that I want to share with you picks up with the early church up in Acts. It's what, uh, in Acts, the book of Acts in the New Testament. You know, it's one of the, the, the most beautiful pictures that I'm able to paint for you on that handshake with a group of people. And let me catch you up on the story. In the Acts chapter 1, this is after Jesus Christ, he was crucified, buried, resurrected, and then ascended to the Father. He left behind a group of people that were empowered to do, of course, the work of the church. They went to Jerusalem and waited for the Holy Spirit to come. And then when uh, the Holy Spirit came, empowering them to what? To not only to share the good news, but guess what? 3,000 people were added to the church that particular day. Now, you've got 3,000 plus people now in a local body, a church. And let's see what they did to, to show us the kind of handshake I'm talking about when it comes to loyalty. Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47 Reads it this way. All the believers devoted. Everyone say devoted. Devoted. And if you look back at the synonyms that I placed for loyalty on page number one, that's one of the synonyms. So it could read like this. All the believers were loyal to themselves and to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, which is communion, and to prayer. 
a deep sense of awe came over them all. And the apostles performed many miracles, signs, and wonders. That would be cool to see. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper. That sounds like an incredible connect group. And by the way, if you've not signed up for a connect group, you can sign up with a connect card in your back seat, uh, the pocket there, or in the lobby. We'd love to get you connected. But they met in a connect group and did communion and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. All the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people and each day the Lord added to their fellowship and each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved see that's doing life with a handshake that's what we're talking about there and the breakdown of this handshake I can say is in three easy steps right the first step would be agreement and what is agreement the agreement is harmony in opinion or feeling like-mindedness. Did you know that even before the mechanics of you actually stretching out your hand to shake someone, you've already agreed with that person on what you were talking about. That means you're on the same page, right? So when you're on the same page, that prompts you to say, okay, hey, we're going to shake on it. But the thing is, is that if you don't agree, why handshake? I know I've been guilty many times by not thinking and shaking to something that I really didn't think about, and then I find myself in trouble on the other side. But the thing is, if you are wanting to do life with a handshake, it must start with the agreement. You must be on the same page, just like the early church was in Acts chapter 2, because they were loyal to what? They were loyal to each other, and they were loyal to the teachings that they had, that they were listening to. Just like, it's the same example in agreement that, you know what, I'm going to go to Piggly Wiggly and I'm going to shop and I'm going to pay for the bill, right? And then Piggly Wiggly is going to do what? They're going to bag my groceries and they're going to take it to the car without me asking. In other words, there's an agreement that, hey, we're going to continue to do this. The loyalty was based upon our character, not based upon what I did or what they, it's, it's about character here. And it's the same thing with Ruth. Ruth agreed to do what? Marry into the family. And guess what? The family accepted her in. And each and the early church had agreed to provide environments, to provide opportunities for folks to grow. That's simple, right? That's simple. Now, whenever you do agree and you're ready to shake the hand and say, I'm ready to step in and put a handshake to it, that next step is affirmation, if you can write that in your outline. And affirmation is the action of affirming through emotional support or encouragement. How many of you like encouragement? You know, you really like encouragement. How many of you have been over-encouraged? Anybody? <laughs> you know, I've heard, I've heard Pastor Troy mention this before. When I first moved here a year and a half ago, uh, I came, it was like a, the same way there was a, the book study. He has these leadership book studies on Thursday morning. I think next month we start one, I think on the 17th. But he had this book study, and he was talking about encouragement. And in the encouragement, he was saying, you know what, have you ever really heard of someone say, oh, stop. You're encouraging me way too much. Just stop. No, you don't ever hear that because encouragement is something that affirms us. It makes us do what? Makes us feel good, really, about the handshake that we agreed to prior to. Does that make sense? So the encouragement that we get from other people or that we can give to other people is doing what? It's that handshake. Let's look again at what Ruth did to affirm her commitment 
to Ruth. It says in Ruth 1, verses 14, And again they wept together, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. But Ruth, everyone say, but Ruth. But Ruth clung tightly to Naomi. That was her handshake. She just clung to her. Just hugged her. Just clung to her. And it is much like the early church, again. What the early church did, it doesn't matter what was going on in people's life. The church was going to be the church. The people in the church were going to do what? Be loyal to each other. That means if you were on a mountaintop and things were going well in your life, you know what? The church was going to be, the church was there to encourage that person. If death happened, if someone was going through a valley low, Guess what? The people in the church, they were loyal to each other. They were there to encourage. And that's the beautiful thing that happens in a local church when we do subscribe to loyalty. Life happens. Life gets difficult from time to time. And every once in a while, we need someone to encourage us. But don't negate the fact that we have a responsibility as Christ followers or as friends and family to encourage other people. Can you agree with that? And when, here at Potential, what we would describe this handshake, us stretching after out our hand, is actually our mission statement. And our mission statement is going to be put up on the side screens, and that is partnering with people. You might want to write this in. Partnering with people to reach their God potential to impact the world for good. Partnering with people to reach their God potential to impact the world for good. Because there's something about you that we believe in. We, we believe that God has a plan for you. And we want to help and encourage you and shake your hand every opportunity we have so that you can do what? Reach your God potential. That you can impact the world for good. That's the handshake. That's the handshake that the, the church does. So every time that we have a teaching here on the weekend, that's the church extending their hand. Every time that you see these prepared communion stations around the auditorium and you partake, that's, that's the church extending their hand. Every time that you uh, actually open up your home for other folks to come and be a part of your connect group, that's you extending your hand on behalf of the church. Every time that we give you an opportunity to be generous, did you know that's the church outstretching their hand to you? And the importance of this, we're going to go into it just a little bit more, that this outstretched hand means something. It's to do something in your life so that you could do what? Reach your God potential. It's not just the mechanics of doing these tasks. It's about what God does in your heart. Because if you can remember back over in Acts chapter 2, what did he do? He added to the local fellowship Daily, those who were saved. Because what? More handshakes were happening. Oh, what great momentum that is because folks continue to be loyal to each other. Well, what does your handshake look like? It's the ethos statement. On the first page, we read it a little bit earlier. That is your response from an outstretched hand from the church. And it's a beautiful story whenever the hands collide. And they agree. And there's affirmation. But there's one more step, and it's a critical step. In the whole process of knowing that loyalty is sealed with a commitment. Remember, it starts with a choice. It's sealed with a commitment. And the third step in that commitment is going to be assurance. Now, you may be thinking, well, what's the difference between affirmation and assurance? Well, let me read it for you. It says, a positive declaration intended to give what? Confidence 
or certainty. To give confidence to someone, that's such a precious gift that when you live life out with a handshake, it brings confidence to other people. So in other words, like for the last uh, couple of weeks, my wife and our two younger sons have been in North Carolina visiting my daughter and the family there. But you know what? The confidence that I give my wife and the assurance I give my wife in, the, in our marriage, she doesn't have to worry about me down here by myself with my other son. Because I do what? In our marriage, I try to provide her the assurance of the vow or the agreement and the affirmation that I gave on our wedding day and that I continue to live out. So she has that assurance. She's confident. And that's the same thing with any type of agreement that you may have, the affirmation and then the assurance that you can give. Such a beautiful gift you can give people that you're loyal to. Is that confidence? Well, they don't have to worry. I don't know about you in your life, but in my life, I've had to worry about someone if they were loyal or not. I've had to worry about that. And it's not a good feeling, is it? So one of the greatest gifts when we are committed to each other is that not only do we agree but guess what? I'm going to affirm that agreement, but the way I live my life is giving you the assurance that you don't have to worry because now you're confident that I'm loyal to you. If you can see again what Ruth did, it's amazing that when, when this life is lived out with this handshake and the commitment is truly made, guess what? There's a test. How many have ever had really a test of your loyalty? I know I have. We're all tempted. We're all tested. I believe that. But the handshake is always going to be tested, and this is the test. They'll put up on the board. The test of your loyalty occurs when it costs you more than it blesses you. The test of your loyalty occurs when it costs you more than it blesses you. We can truly see, again, based upon the response, that if, you know, how loyal you really are, when it starts causing you pain, when it starts hurting you a little bit, in other words, it does, it's not making you feel as good as much as it's costing you, that's the test. And you have a decision. You have a choice whether you're going to stay committed. You have a choice whether you, after the, you, we know that you already agreed, we know that you already affirmed, we know that you're walking in, giving the assurance, the confidence to someone, but when it starts costing you more than it blesses you, will you stay loyal? That's the question we must ask ourselves. Let's read what happened in Ruth. Ruth 1, 19 through 21. So the two of them continued on their journey. When they came to Bethlehem, the entire town was excited by their arrival. Is it really Naomi? The woman asked. He said, yeah, girl, I'm here. Let's have a party. I'm back. Woo-hoo. <laughs> That's not what happened. Let me show you how Naomi responded. She says, don't call me Naomi. She responded, instead call me Mara. Now, the name Mara actually means bitterness. Everyone say bitterness because we're going to dig in that in just a moment. But she said, Call me bitterness, for the Almighty has made life very bitter for me. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me home empty. Why call me Naomi? 
When the Lord has caused me to suffer and the Almighty has sent such tragedy upon me, I can imagine what Ruth was thinking in her mind whenever she heard her tell her girlfriends that. She said, well, Lord, have mercy, Naomi. I wish you would have told me this before I committed to you. Do you think that's what uh, Ruth said? Or do you think, Ruth, it didn't matter what Naomi said, but the test of Ruth's loyalty came after or came, or came after she committed, and that's when, again, Naomi realized that she was bitter. Now, the bitterness that I want to talk about with you today is something that I want to say. If, if, if you're experiencing bitterness in your life, I, my prayer is that you don't stay there long because, again, I feel that bitterness is, is a poison. It's a plague that's, uh, that's just sweeping through our society because the danger of bitterness keep, keeps you stuck. You can't see straight. You can't walk straight. You, you don't even feel like you're going to ever get out of that current state because, you know what, bitterness is not just disappointment. How many of you have been disappointed before? I know I have. When things didn't go your way, your life didn't go out like you planned it to go. You know what? Your finances are not where they want it to be. Your marriage is not going like it wants to be. The disappointment that's happening is just tearing you apart. But there's one ingredient to add to that in order to be bitter, and that's anger. Anger. Anger and disappointment put together, bitterness, it will take you out. It will take you to places. It will make you think that there's no hope. But as I said earlier in our mission statement, in our handshake, that we want to partner with you so that you can reach your God potential. Guess what? For you to reach your God potential, that means there is a God potential for you. That God has a plan for you. It's not a plan for disaster. It's a plan that is good to give you a future and a hope. And that's what God wants for you. That's what this church wants for you. And that's what I want for you. There is a future, but if you remain bitter, you're stuck. But there's a beautiful thing, how God remedied this plague or this poison in Naomi's life. Guess what he did it with? Guess what he did it with? He did it with loyalty. He did it with the loyal actions of Ruth towards Naomi. So I believe that the cure to bitterness is loyalty. That loyalty is the cure. So you can write that in your outline. And that's so important to remember because, again, God doesn't want you stuck. God did not want Naomi stuck. So he sent a Ruth. So if today, whatever season of life that you're in, if you feel that you're stuck, Remember, I said God doesn't want you there. We don't want you there either. And you've not made a decision to follow Christ. You know, we, 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 he stretches out his hand towards you. He is the most loyal person that you will ever experience. He sticks closer than a brother. He will be right, through, right with you through every season. He will pick you up when you're feeling low. And guess what? He's empowered this local church to help you. To reach out our hand whenever, whatever season that you're in so you won't stay stuck because he wants you to live life to the full. Believe me when I say that because I believe it's right here in his word. Let's read it together. In John 10, 10 it says, the thief's purpose is to steal, to kill and destroy. 
But God is saying here, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. God wants that for you, for you, for you, for you, for everyone in this room. And if you're watching from around the world, he wants you to have that fulfilled life. So why not have it? It's coming now down to your response, your choice. So just like Ruth was to Naomi, like Christ is to you right here, right now. So is his empowered local church, potential church, is to you right now. It's now your choice to engage in that plan. And that means a step. But what does that step really mean? Your step towards, in other words, completing your handshake or your side of the handshake is what you step in to, if you've not been baptized and you're Christ followers, to do what? To be baptized. If it's also, if, you're, if God wants you to step into your engagement in your life, guess what? That may be a connect group. That might be volunteering. All these ways is how Naomi did it. Naomi began to engage in her life because guess what? Loyalty wouldn't allow her to be stuck. So after they got back to Judah, guess what happened? Again, Naomi began to be engaged, and she was able to arrange in some way for her and uh, for Ruth and a relative to, to kind of get married. Yeah. In other words, she became the matchmaker to some extent. And becoming the matchmaker, guess what happened? Ruth and Boaz was his name. They, they got married, but they had a son. They had a baby. And this was a beautiful picture how God began to turn what seemed like a situation for Naomi where she was stuck and she couldn't move forward, but began to now bring back the joy, the joy of life, the full life. And then let's read it here together in Ruth 4, 16. Naomi took the baby, this is Ruth and Boaz's baby, and cuddled him to her breast. And she cared for him as if he were her own. The neighbor women said... Now, at last, Naomi has a son again. Isn't that amazing? And they named him Obed. He became the father of Jesse and the grandfather of David. You guys know who David is? King David? He's like the great, 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 so many great grandfathers of Jesus Christ. Isn't this a beautiful story? And if someone can come out and start playing, isn't this a beautiful story? A beautiful story of how God placed in the lineage of Jesus Christ loyalty and how important loyalty is in the lives of people all around the world who are stuck. Because God has a plan. God has a plan for you. God has a plan for me. And sometimes we can get stuck because of bitterness, that poison that kind of plagues our life. But guess what? He sends loyal friend. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross because so he, he was loyal to us. He sent this local church in your pastor that for, for what reason? So you won't be stuck because he wants to bring joy. He wants to bring fullness of life to you. So today, today, if you're stuck and you need to make that next step, we, we, have, we have folks that will be here after service to pray for you. We would love to pray for you. But my prayer for you is that you would live life with a handshake. And you know what that means? That means being loyal. Subscribing to loyalty, the ethos statement. And my heart, my heart for you is that not only will you be loyal in the small things, but in the, in the bigger things. 
Not when circumstances change, but guess what? In all things that you've committed to. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this opportunity. This opportunity to, uh, to share the word, to encourage and inspire and motivate on our ethos of loyalty. Father God, though it may be a difficult topic because it goes down to the core of who we are and the character of who we are, but God, we know that through you we can do all things. We can do all things. So God, I just pray that you'll give us the boldness to stay committed when our loyalty is tested. When it costs us more than it blesses us, Father, I pray, give us the courage. And if anyone here today, Father, or watching online, does not know you as their personal Savior, Father, I pray that they will have the courage to step forward. If, if those that are here that are believers and have not been baptized, if they'll take a step forward in baptism, we're ready. We've prepared for them. So God, I just thank you for, again, the, the everyone's attention today. And I pray that your word will last in their hearts forever. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for your attention this morning.